welcome to the Inner Bitch, Inner Truth podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Jacari, naturopathic doctor turned speaker, writer, and intuitive empowerment coach. Each week, I bring you inspiring stories, people, and messages to help you lean into loving your emotions, transforming your relationship with yourself and others, and giving you the clarity you need to create a life you love. Hi friends, welcome back to another Monday Nugget. Today I want to talk about healing blind spots. And so you may have heard me talk about blind spots before and you may be aware of what they are, but if not, I'm just going to give a brief little explanation. So we all have blind spots and blind spots come from our experiences in life and the beliefs in which we create based on those experiences that we're having. And Sometimes we make false beliefs about the world and that in turn like creates this wounding, this subconscious wounding, something that's subconscious that we are not consciously aware of and it's basically just in your subconscious like running the show and making you do things that you you don't consciously realize that you're doing them. So these beliefs then need to, you know, be brought to light. They need to be brought into our conscious awareness in order for us to kind of collapse the behaviors that we're trying to change. So for instance, since Eating Disorder Awareness Week is coming up, I'm going to speak to this. I had this false belief running online for most of my life that I was unworthy of food. And how, how like fucked up is that, right? And like we, that's a false belief that I created for myself. And I don't, I have no idea, like I've never been told that. Like my parents didn't tell me that or anything. It, it's something that I experienced in my life and created that belief myself through that experience. And so like, obviously that's not true right? That's absolutely not true. And that's, it's, that is true of all false beliefs. They're not true. They're false. But we create them and they run the show for so long. So that belief that I am undeserving of nutrients if I am not perfect, like that belief alone, becoming aware of it makes me be like, okay, well, that's not true. And I can therefore decide what I'm going to do. And it just it, it gives you more power once you un- uncover, you bring that awareness in, but then the work is in actually taking action based on a new thought that you have to create for yourself. The new thought for me being you are 100% worthy of nutrients, you are worthy of love, you are worthy of everything that you want just as you are, just for being fucking alive, just for being alive, you're worthy of that. You don't need to do anything. And I've had to constantly remind myself of that. It's like once you pull the false belief out, you have to replace it and then you have to to work. You have to take action and you have to work at continuing that that new belief of what you want. So these are blind spots and these are how we heal. These are how we overall heal ourselves and create a life that we love because if we had like the most perfect belief system 
And if, if all of those beliefs were in our conscious awareness, we would be taking all of the actions needed to have that life that we say that we want. We have that power. We have the power to do, to make the choices, to make, make the decisions and the moves, the really fucking scary moves. We have the power and energy and knowing that we are enough no matter what to make those decisions. And so we do them. I felt myself getting super amped up there <laughs> because I'm so passionate about people truly understanding what a blind spot is in that you, you think in the moment, you think that you know all that there is to know about yourself. I've been there and I know that and I know that that's how it works, but it's just not true. It's like if you have a hard time saying no to people, if you have a hard time walking down the side of the street and someone gives you a dirty look and it ruins your it ruins your entire day or you have a bad conversation with someone and it ruins your entire day, like you have blind spots. And they're like the blind spots are the reasons why you feel that way. So I just, I really hope that this is landing. And if you have any other questions about this that you want me to clarify and clean up, like, please message me. I would love to talk about this. I, obviously, I get super excited and amped up about it because this, it's, it's like, this is how we will change the world. This is how we change life for every single person. Like, this is how you do it. So Okay, <laughs> let me just find my center again. Um, I wanted to share with you what it's like to actively heal a blind spot on your own. And this is something that has, it, it's not something that I think you can fully do for yourself when you're first starting out on your journey. I think that you do need a guide or like some sort of knowledge about how to really support yourself through this process because this is, I mean, I'm talking four years of doing deep, intense work with guides. So like I'm going to share this experience with you and if you're just starting out on your journey, I don't want you to be upset with yourself or to think that something's wrong with you if you can't take yourself through this process too if things are coming up for you. So like I would really highly, highly recommend finding a guide. It's like we all need guides. I need guides. I have guides. Like, I, you know, I, I don't – no one needs to go through healing alone. And I don't think that you should be relying on guides like I used to. I used to just go to them and think that they could just fix me and do all the things for me, like clear all the chakras, do all the stuff. And then my life was just going to magically be different. Like it's a magic pill. Like, no, that's not the way that it works. The way that it works is when you take the action and you do things differently than you've always done. That's what creates the change. So that's not easy. It's not easy to do. And um, I just, I, I can't tell you enough how important having a guide is. So uh, that's my bit. And now I'll share with you my blind spot healing journey that I just had. So there's a setup phase. And what I mean by that is 
it's kind of like your like if you are meant to uncover a lesson and to reveal a false belief, there will be breadcrumbs leading up to the unraveling. So that's what I mean. Those breadcrumbs, that's like a setup phase. So for me, the setup phase has been a lot of um, me having this message that I want to get out into the world and to really share. Um, I just, I, I'm so passionate about women standing in their power, not taking shit from people and healing themselves because you have the power to do so. And I'm so, so passionate about that because I hate hearing when women are in toxic ass, ass relationships or they don't feel supported and they don't feel like they have friends and they feel like an outcast. Like I hate knowing that that's out there. Like I want, I want to help you because everyone is amazing just as they are. And when you really connect with who you are and, and what you stand for, you will attract those other people in your life. And it's like, people say that all of the time. And I used to be like, yeah, I'm trying, I'm doing that. That's bullshit. Like, no. And when you're really, really doing the work, it's not bullshit. It is real. It does happen, but you have to do the work. And Ah, uh, yes. Okay. Uh, see, clearly I'm so passionate about it and I'm on like a whole nother level with this podcast today, getting super sassy up in here. Sassy Sarah's back. Um, but anyway, okay. What was I even talking about? I was talking about, that's my passion. Like I have this message and I want to get it out and I want to tell everyone about it. And I know that when I speak and when I teach, people heal. People understand. People get something out of what I'm saying. I know that to be true and I am confident in my abilities. I'm confident in my gift, in my intuition, in my just being. Like I know that about myself and yet I am terrified of people seeing me. I am terrified. When I first put out this podcast, I was having panic attacks in the middle of the night waking me up. And I've just had these situations pop up for me that put me into just uncomfortable freak out mode where my anxiety is so high because I'm so scared for people to be seeing me, to have eyes on me. And so this is something that I know that I've been dealing with this for basically my, like my whole life. And especially now when... Like I really became clear on my message and what I want to share with the world and what I'm meant to work with. Like once I became clear on that, I'm like, okay, like the next step is really getting this message out. So I need to take action. I have to put out the podcast. And I'm so I'm aware that I have this thing and I'm taking the action. I'm doing the thing that scares me. Like I was having panic attacks. I still did it and I still show up. And you know, I'm, I'm here, right? It's like I'm taking the action. I'm doing the thing that I say that I'm going to do. And yet I'm still scared of people seeing me in different ways now. So it's almost like this was one avenue of me being seen. And now that I'm, I've done it enough, I'm more comfortable with it. And then it's like, okay, moving on to the next thing, I want, I need to, I need to network. I need to 
really get this message out even wider. So what that means is I have to go introduce myself to new people and to share with them my story and, you know, like make connections. So like create community. So that's, again, like putting myself into the situation where more eyes are going to come on me. And it scares the shit out of me. It really does. And I don't know if you guys know about the new app Clubhouse, but I've been on Clubhouse and it's like, it's like an audio app. People can't even see my face. And yet I'm going into these rooms, these like Clubhouse rooms and like connecting with like women in business, intuitive women in business. And I'm connecting with them, but I'm in I'm in a room full of people that I don't know and it's it's been terrifying. I've I've been terrified, like such bad social anxiety over it. And yet at the same time I know that if I just do this next thing, like get through this next thing, it's like one more hurdle for me to become comfortable with for me to grow even more and so that I will be able to get my message out like far and wide right so these are that's this is like the setup phase it's like the podcast and then clubhouse and then actually I can just share a little bit about what happened on clubhouse I was in this room that was over a hundred women and and there was a panel of women who were talking about habits and I'm I mean if you've listened to this podcast you know that I'm like habits is where it's at right so I'm in this room and I'm just listening and everything and then all of a sudden I get a notification that said that the person that's speaking hosting the room moderating the room wants me to speak and I was like oh fuck what am I gonna do and I sat there for a second and I'm like do I say yes or do I say no and there was this voice that was just like Sarah, you've been praying, asking for guidance on ways to get over the social anxiety. This is your sign. This is your opportunity, you know? And and if you listened to last Monday's episode, I talked about um, the, one of my favorite quotes is, when you pray to God and ask for patience, what he gives you is a line at the bank. So it's like this situation with Clubhouse, same thing right? It's like I was giving the option. It's like, okay, you say you want to deal with this. Here, here it is. Here's, here's your chance to show that you're ready. And so I'm like, okay, like, so I hit accept and I'm like, okay, yep. And I'm in the room and it actually ended up being a little bit, it probably was over an hour before I, it was like my turn to speak. And so everyone's going around like asking questions and just having dialogue around like habits and high-performing women and all of that and then they call on me and they're like okay do you have a habit to share do you have a question to ask and I had it I had a habit hack like I had something that I could have shared but I was freaking the fuck out like my hands were so sweaty my feet so sweaty I bo like I stunk I was shaking. My voice was all crackly. I was so in my head about the whole thing that I I was just like, oh my God, like I totally lost my train of thought. And I was just like, well, fuck. Like, I, so then I was just like, I have really bad social anxiety. I, I know that I have this message that I want to share. Like, you know, do you have any tips or anything that I can, you know, do to, to work with this social anxiety? And from that, 
like we had, it was like, I was so well received. They gave amazing advice about like clearing your throat chakra and like just doing the things scared and like putting yourself into the environment and just over and over and over again, just like doing the things while taking care of yourself. Like it, it was incredible. It was an incredible conversation. And I was so proud of myself afterwards that I had done it. I had taken the action that, you know, had been placed in front of me. I made the scary choice to say yes and get up in a room full of over 100 people and speak and share like vulnerably that I have social anxiety. And after the call, I started really trying to rack my, my mind around what exactly is it that makes me so uncomfortable? Because I used to be really scared with public speaking too, with like giving talks. And I've been doing a lot more of them and now, like the last talk that I gave, um, it was it was a little bit nerve-wracking, like going in, but nothing that wasn't, like it was nothing like Clubhouse. Like Clubhouse was a whole new level. So I've been really trying to understand my blind spot, right? It's like, why am I okay getting up and, and giving a talk in front of a bunch of people versus when I'm in a group full of people like in talking like why why am I so worried here like you know what's going on and what I realized is that when I'm invited in to speak on my genius which is like the talks that I give it's a lot easier for me because I know that people want me there that everyone in the audience and the person that's hosting I know that they want to be there because they want to see me so it's like the, that pressure of having to like prove myself is gone. And so from here, I was like, huh, okay. Figured that out, made that distinction. Now, where, where is this coming from? Like, like I'm scared of judgment then. I'm scared of these random people who don't know anything about me besides for just like reading through my bio. They don't know the person that I am. They don't know my identity. And so what about my identity am I scared of them like seeing and judging? And I sat with that for a few days. And then today, uh, Liv was over and we recorded a podcast that's going to be Thursday's podcast on body positivity. And it's amazing. It's such a great conversation. Definitely check it out because Liv is awesome. And she shares a lot of like vulnerable inside stuff about like body image. And anyway, so we have that conversation today. And at the end of the conversation, I was like, wow, I am not at all as far along in this as I thought I was. I'm really not. Like if I truly get honest with myself, I am still in the shit when it comes to my body image. And that was hard. It was just kind of like, oh man, oh man, I, you know, I've been doing a lot of great things for myself. I've been doing a lot of great stuff. And yet I'm still not at all where I want to be. And I was quickly reminded of the distance energy reading that my friend Lauren Marcoulier did for me. And part of that reading was that the two beliefs that I'm like up against right now that are ready to be healed is a lack of self-trust and a lack of self-love. And so the lack of self-trust part, 
I had been like actively working on and the way that I was working on that was through kundalini yoga for the 40 days. That's what I committed to was 40 days and it's now past that and I've still been doing it every single day because I love the way that I feel when I'm doing it and because when I made that decision to do this thing for 40 days and even on the days that I did not want to show up, I did not want to have to do it. I wanted a day off. I said, no, you said that you were going to do this. And so I, you, I need you to prove to yourself that you're going to do the thing that you said you were going to do. And so I showed up. It has helped so much with my self-trust. It, it, it's like now when I make a decision about something that I'm going to do for my business, I just immediately, as soon as I decide, I start taking action right away. I just do it. And I, I mean, I truly think that it's because of committing to Kundalini yoga for 40 days anyway. So, so it's like that part had been addressed the self-love part. I mean, I don't really know what I was actively working through besides for any time I was having a hard time with food in the past month, I've been a lot easier on myself. And yet, it's like my face started breaking out when I started my period a couple weeks ago. And I was just like, fuck, man, like, why does this have to happen? And instead of being like, you know, you're still beautiful, even with this shit on your face, it's like I, I, I don't have that inner dialogue of shifting those, those thoughts when they come in. I still get frustrated with myself, with my body, with the way that my body looks. Another part of this distance reading was that something happened when I was seven years old that made me have those shifts, made me have that lack of self-trust and had made me have that lack of self-love. So today, as I'm kind of putting all of these different pieces together, it's like there's multiple different parts of this web, right, of these breadcrumbs all kind of coming together and making me see a larger picture. It's, it's, it's starting to reveal the blind spot here. So what I did was I intentionally decided that I wanted to find out what that belief was, what the belief I created when I was seven years old or, you know, do the healing work around that seven-year-old instance. So I took a bath and as I'm sitting there, it's, it's interesting. It's, um, I think that this is where you need a guide. It's like you need someone to be able to help you through the guided imagery work and the energy work that I did. This is a very advanced thing that I don't expect people to be able to do right away, but it's 100% something that you can learn. So you can do this on your own. I promise you. Even if you are like me and my intuition aren't super connected you, I can guarantee you, you will be able to do this at one point, right? You just have to keep, keep at it, keep getting into that relationship with your intuition and keep harnessing that. So I'm in the tub and I kind of get into this meditative state where I'm, I'm literally, I don't know how exactly to put it into words, but it's as if I'm leaving my body, And I'm going into the ethers of my subconscious. And so what I do is I get into that state and then I ask, you know, like I'm, I'm coming here because I'd really like to figure out 
what this belief is about, like what happened when I was seven years old. And all of a sudden, I'm flying over these memories of my childhood. And some of the first memories that popped up was when I was seven years old, there was this class project. And I've always been a shy person, by the way. Like since I was a kid, I mean, there's just a lot of childhood stuff that's happened that I used to be really, really shelled in as a child. So there's this group project that we have to do. And you, well, you can either decide to do the, it in a group or you can do it by yourself. And my best friend at the time really, really wanted to do the Pioneer Sugar Factory because that's where her dad worked. We were making like a model town of our little small, small hometown. And I just remember, I went back to that memory and I remember that there, there was a, a chance that I would have to work on it with someone else. And when it came up, like my name came first or something. I forget like the specifics, but basically like I got to choose that project of the Pioneer Sugar Factory. I got to choose that. And I decided to do it alone because I was so scared that someone else would be paired up with me and then I'd have to work with them. And so I'm seeing this memory and I'm just like, huh, that's, that's kind of weird. Like, I don't really know what belief I would have created around, you know, lack of self-love here. Like, what's going on? And then I continue on my little flight journey and it starts showing me all of these moments of my childhood when I would take on part of an identity of another kid around me. And it's like, I just watched myself take on these other identities. And there was even a moment where I, we had like a, a sub bus driver and the bus driver asked me my name. And I said that my name was Alicia because Alicia was one of my friends at the time. And it's like, I never was truthful about who I truly was. And I never, like, when I would show up in friend in friendships, ev- ev- like, I'm talking, this is seven and below. Like, this is, be- you know, this isn't, like, later on in life. This is literally seven is the oldest that this happened, like, that I was shown. And then the rest is just younger. So I had always taken on the identity of the friend that I was with. Or I would try to be the person that I thought that they would like. And I think that it truly does come back to that lack of self-love. That lack of an identity myself. Because, Because of a lot of the childhood stuff that I went through, I was constantly trying to be the thing that the people around me loved. I was constantly trying to, to, to fit into that mold, to be that thing, because I inherently didn't feel worthy enough myself. I didn't have that self-love. Even that young, I didn't have that self-love. And then I was shown this other moment where I was probably in like kindergarten or first grade, and my mom had just shown me the like her rings from her previous marriage which to my dad my my parents are divorced so when like she had shown me the rings from that marriage and i thought it was so cool 
And she told me that they were special and I needed to just like leave them alone or whatever. But I thought it would be so cool to show my friends and like maybe friends would like me if I showed them this really cool stuff because this is, this is like mine. This is my personal thing. This is about my parents. Like this is so cool. And so I was so excited to show people. But I knew that I wasn't supposed to take it because my mom told me it was special and I was supposed to leave it home. And I remember... I don't even like I guess I was showing it around and like the teacher found out that I brought these rings and wrote a note to my mom and then there was this girl on the bus that I was like can you throw this note out for me and then the bus driver saw me do that and so then the bus driver asked about it and then the bus driver told my mom and then I basically got in trouble and was grounded because I had done that and it was like well I was trying to like be cool and I was trying to show this cool thing and now I'm just getting in trouble for it like fuck man and and then the I like fly over a new scene and this scene is me at my childhood home we grew up on 13 acres and it was just like forest and trails and just sunshine and I loved being outside like that was my happy place and I realized that I spent a lot of time alone. I spent so much time alone, just me and nature, me and the animals, me and the plants. And as I was watching myself just sit there, I was just like, oh my God, I want to, like, I need her pain. I need to feel her pain for her. I need to take away this pain from her. And so I go over and I sit down next to her in my mind's eye and She's not really having it. Like she just doesn't seem interested in me. And I just sat there and I was like, you want to tell me what's going on? And she was just like, you know, I just, I, like I don't like me. I don't, I don't even know who I am. I don't know who I am because I'm trying to be all these other people. And I think who I am, I love just sitting out in nature. I love witnessing and watching and observing life around me that's what I like to do and then I saw this image of like dancing and singing when I was a kid and how I I would always do it in private I wouldn't do it in front of people and when I got caught oh man did I feel so much shame and it's so weird it's like why why did I feel shame about that and So then I just start seeing all of these parts of me that I am, the people that I am, the person that I am. And as she's showing me these things, I'm like, yeah, like that's you. And so I reaffirmed her and was like, yeah, like that, that is you. And it's, that's an amazing way to be. And then I just sat with her. I was like, you know, can I be with you? I like you. I want to just chill with you. And so I just sat there for a bit and then in my mind, like with the intention, I was like, I want to take her pain away. I want to take all of it right here, right now. I want to take her pain. And so then I energetically, things just move, things just happen. And I fully connected with the emotion that she was feeling and I felt it. I felt it deeply. I just kept leaning in and leaning in 
and feeling all of the things that she, that came up, that came through. I didn't try to stop it. I didn't shove it back down. I embraced it and felt it because I I wanted to feel it for her. I wanted to take away her pain. She's probably like five years old and feeling immense shame. And knowing that I can take that from her in that moment and as soon, like I can handle it. I can handle the, the deep pain at, the, at this point in my healing. I haven't always been like this. But it's like at this point, I know that when I lean in and feel those feelings, if I just dive in deep and I feel it all, all at once, and I just be in it and experience it, it's, it was over within four minutes. I mean, don't get me wrong, the whole time, I am like feeling terrible shame, <laughs> terrible shame. It hurts in your gut, in your heart, like your whole body. You just feel like you're like, like bending over, writhing in, and you're just like, oh God, I feel like the worst fucking human ever. Like that is what it felt like. And I was crying and I was, I was just like, oh my God, this is awful. But I kept leaning in until she stopped giving it to me. And once it was done, I told her, I have your back and I see you. I see now why you make me feel so scared when I'm putting myself into situations like on Clubhouse where I don't know what someone's going to think of me. It's almost as if now I know my identity. I have my own identity and I have my comfort zone of the people that I show my identity to. And I say that I'm like, I'm it's like so authentic and like, I'm totally cool and I'm totally good with who I am and I'm, I'm confident in my abilities. And it's like, yes, all of that stuff is true. But when you get outside of your comfort zone of the people that you're, you're expressing that, that to, when you open it up to even more people, it, was, it almost felt as if I was going into kindergarten again, terrified, wondering what the kids are going to think about me. And remember, like back then, I would try to be the person that they wanted me to be. And I think even throughout my entire life, there's, there's a, a small portion of me that's like, I kind of cater myself to like what that friend is. But I think that that's also just part of being an adult. It's like once you grow up, you realize that you have different friends in like different categories and things that you connect on. And so it's like, yes, but you're still the same person at your core, right? And it's like, I have that identity. Like I, I felt and saw in my mind's eye that I didn't truly have an identity then. Now that I do, and I'm bringing this identity out into the world to more people, it feels, it felt like on Clubhouse, it felt like I was starting kindergarten again, wondering what these either other people are going to be like and if they're going to like me or not. And so that also goes along with me being okay giving talks with people who I know that they, they asked me to give a talk. The people watching are interested in what I'm talking about. So it's like, nope, like that's different. So now that I know that that was what was underneath all of that, like that emotion that got stored in that pain, that is what was making me feel 
that scared, timid, are people going to like me or not? And now that I went in and I healed and I, I felt all of that emotion, I don't know how it's going to translate out. I mean, at the beginning of this podcast, like I literally got out of the tub came into my room, sat down and started recording, which is probably why the beginning of the recording is all like amped up because I'm, I'm on, like, I feel different. I even just feel different after going through that experience. And this is the way that when you heal blind spots, this is the way that it works. And this is what a quantum leap actually is, is that when you can go in and feel all of those awful emotions that you'd rather suppress when you just feel them let them flow let them come through you let yourself express them it lead that that energy leaves your body and it's gone and so I feel so much lighter even and I'm feeling my traps right now I mean I got gua sha this morning but I'm feeling my traps and I'm it's like so loose it's like a, a weight has been lifted and now That's not to say that I'm going to be able to go back on Clubhouse and immediately get into a room full of people and just be totally chill. That's not how this works. That's not how a quantum leap works. It's like you will, it will feel a lot easier. You will, you won't have like so much resistance, but you're still going to be doing something new. And anytime that you do something new, it does feel uncomfortable. But just now, I don't have like such a heavy weight that's that I'm, I'm like dragging along, if that makes sense. So, I mean, we'll see. I'll have to give you guys an update on how it actually transpires and how it actually goes. But I'm feeling really good. And I'm sure that you can tell from just the energy of this of this podcast. I mean, I went 37 minutes already and this is supposed to be a Monday nugget and I guess I kind of assumed that it would be longer than 15 minutes, but I just had to get it all out, I guess, and was on a roll. But yeah, I just I hope that this gives you a snapshot of all that's involved when you do get to a point of having um, enough tools in your toolbox to unravel your own blind spots and then work through it and what it actually looks like in real life. This is a very practical example. And you know, the thing is what everything that I just shared, so many of us have stories like this, stories that, you know, like all of those things when I was in that meditation, all of those things I had kind of forgotten about. But when you are in that space, when you're in that energy and you put the intention and if your soul is truly ready to work through that lesson, you'll be shown. I mean, you have, you have to know how to get to that space, how to energetically hold those images in your mind in order to do the work. You have to, you have, to have training in that. Like you can't just sit down, meditate and expect for it to happen it doesn't, it doesn't work that way. You do have to be guided along and shown how to, to use and do all of those things. This is what I do for people. I mean, I first have to work with you and get like the, the baseline stuff kind of handled. Like you have to work through a lot of the emotional stuff with me first like you you have to get to a space in order to even be able to get into a meditative state to be able to have these visions to be able to 
do the guiding yourself through all the things like there's it's there's a lot that goes into this work it's not like you're gonna meet up with me and I'm just gonna be like yep like this is how you get into the meditative state this is how you do the imaging this is how you like do the energy work no like it's 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 not like that it's a lot of practical in the moment what are you dealing with what can I help you with right now to get you started to get your system in alignment with healing to even get you ready to do this on your own. Like I said, like this is four years in the making for me to be able to do this for myself. So I hope that this is helpful. I would really love to hear your questions. And again, if you are knowing that you have stuff going on and you want to learn this process, you want to learn how to do this, I am taking on new clients right now. And I'm specifically looking for women who have a poor relationship with anger and meaning if you stuff, stuff, stuff your anger and then explode or you are just like angry over little things that you don't think that you should be angry about. Both are like issues that I'm looking at helping with at at treating. So I would love if you reached out and, you know, we could set up a call, see if we're a good match and kind of go from there. And if you know someone who could benefit from this work, shoot them this podcast and have them listen and have them, you know, see if we would be a good match. Because like I said, I'm just, it breaks my heart knowing that there are women out there who are not confident standing in their own power and demanding better for their themselves and for their lives in, in their relationships with with the world, right? So... I am sending you all so much love and don't forget to check back in on Thursday for that conversation with Liv. It's a really, really good one on body image. Okay, have a great week. Bye.